Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Lynn is fired up today, so we're going to see uh, what the Martez half of this duo has. Lynn Martez is my co-host. I am Trey Downey. Lynn, you, you say you're, what's going on? You're, you're, you're all fired up? Did did the workout not get out the, the frustration this afternoon or something? Oh, no, 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 no. That's why I'm fired up. I just left the gym clanging and banging, baby. Clanging and banging, clanging and banging. All right. As always, when we start this show, let's give you a little bit of a social reminder. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmart810. Follow myself at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation that's where you'll see everything that the website has to offer and as always check out bucksnation.com got some stuff up there about uh tom brady being on the cover of madden uh where the buccaneers offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator rank uh in their play calling abilities from last season a ton of good stuff from the guys up there and wherever you're listening to this podcast whether it be iheart whether it be spotify Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever, do us a big favor and just click that subscribe button. As I said last week, Apple Podcasts, they did an update, so it's not like a subscribe button. It's just a plus to add it to your library. That way, every time a new episode drops, it just downloads automatically to your chosen listening device. You don't have to do anything. When you wake up in the morning, you get in your car on your way to work, you have a surprise. You have a new uh, Bucks Nation podcast to get you through your drive to work. All right, Lynn. Well, we are at the point in the NFL offseason, as we said last week after mandatory minicamp, that it's kind of a dead period. Bruce Arians, you, you mentioned it. Don't be that guy. We're at the stage in the offseason where the players have time to themselves. They won't be back at one buck place uh, in the Advent Health Training Center for a little bit over a month when training camp gets going at the end of July. So we're going to take this time to get into some other things involving this NFL offseason. And we're at the point in the NFL offseason where it's fair to say, barring a big trade that hasn't happened yet, I think once you're past minicamp, you can pretty much say that the offseason is almost over to this point. And if you look at a lot of these publications that are out there, whether it be ESPN, Bleach Report, our own SB Nation, whatever, you, they put out their rankings of who had the best NFL offseason. And what I want to get into today is that the majority of these publications have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked number one for this offseason. And you and I have gone back and forth throughout this whole offseason. We've agreed that Jason Light and company have done a phenomenal job but it isn't your traditional who you you know put ranked number one on your best off best off season. You'd look at you know who made the biggest splash in free agency, who improved their team. What the Bucks just did was bring everyone back. So I'll start with this, Lynn. I'll just throw it out there to you. Do you, we both think the Bucks had very good had a very good off season? But out of all 32 teams in the NFL, if you were making your own list, did the Buccaneers have the best 2021 offseason? 
I understand why publications have stated the fact that they had the best offseason. And the reason being is usually when you coming off a Super Bowl season, you lose players. Mm-hmm. You lose players because guys who are free agents go and find bigger contracts in other places. That didn't happen here in Tampa Bay in the 813 and the 727. That didn't happen here. And when you look at what was the possibility of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after winning that Super Bowl at home, you looked at the possibility and we talked about it. You could lose Levante David. You could lose Shaq Barrett. You could lose Chris Godwin. Granted, (laughs) B.A. Kango himself, Bruce Arians, jumped on the mic each time that those guys spoke and stated, yeah, you ain't going nowhere. Your ass ain't going nowhere either. And we watched it parade, right? And we and we took it upon ourselves to think, ah, that's just, you know, that's just talk. You know, the buds and the uh, and the crown royals talking from Bruce Arians. Bruce likes his crown royal. But in that sense, he was right. Because again, when you're coming off a Super Bowl winning season, you lose players, not the Buccaneers. And you can pick out singular moves that teams made and might say those moves were good moves or even great moves and may have been the number one move. But as a whole, collectively, they had the best offseason. And I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think I side with you on this for the most part of if you weren't going to rank the the Bucks number one, it's just simply because you look at the rankings and you say the team that improved the most had the best off season. Whereas the Bucks were Super Bowl champions. What were they really going to improve on? The only, you know, real, I guess, improvements you can say to this team, not that they needed any, were adding Joe Tryon in the draft at more pass rushing depth. And even uh, I think Giovanni Bernard can be an upgrade to what LaShawn McCoy gave them last year so if you want to talk about improvements I think that those that's what it is and then obviously we saw how this team improved throughout the course of last season what can they do with a true full offseason together I think that that's what you've got to look at as far as you know the Bucks improving because you can't rank them low it's not like they had a they had a bad offseason it's just a matter of how you look look at these rankings and when we were talking you you mentioned it we talked about Godwin we talked about Levante and we talked about Shaq Barrett and when we initially talked about those guys our I guess train of thought was to rank them in terms of priority because I don't think either of us thought that there was a scenario where all three of them would be back much less any single person who made any kind of significant contribution to this football team being back. You mentioned it. When teams win Super Bowls, you have some of these guys who, you know, are good contributors, contributors, but aren't, you know, aren't Tom Brady or aren't Levante David to the Bucks. They go somewhere and they get a big contract because, oh, that's a that's a sexy offseason splash that a team can make. That didn't happen with these Buccaneers, all of those guys wanted to come back and be with this football team. And that's why I tend to agree with you. There are some other teams that I think that you can 
rank up there. And honestly, one of the one of the best that I think is the team that the Bucks played in the Super Bowl in the Kansas City Chiefs because I love what they did with their offensive line. Yes, they did have injuries to their offensive line in the playoffs last year, but if you look at the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes had no time to throw. One of the biggest things, one of the big, biggest reasons why the Bucks won the Super Bowl was the fact that that offensive line was not able to give Mahomes any time to throw. And they went out, they made some changes, they improved, they got the, the starting left tackle of one of the biggest competitors in their own conference from the Baltimore Ravens. So I really like what Kansas City did. And it's it's just weird to go into a next season where you're like, the two teams that had the best offseason were the two teams that faced off in the Super Bowl the year prior. Well, that's why I stated if you want to take singular moves, like the Chiefs getting Orlando Brown, showing up something that was an obvious weakness that we certainly watched in February in the Super Bowl, showing up one and may be the only weakness that the AFC champion team had last year or going into the Super Bowl because of the injuries they suffered. Yeah, you can you can say a singular move that they obviously had to make and they made. When you look at teams, the lesser teams in the NFL, teams that had to go out and hire a new head coach, had to go out and get a franchise quarterback, had to go out and draft players to make the teams better. When you're drafting at 32 and you get Joe Tryon, that's a win. But when you're drafting at number one, like the Jags, the Jaguars, who were able to get the coach that they wanted and were able to get the franchise quarterback, yeah, you can say they had a good offseason, but what do we know? We know that the team that won last year is bringing back all those players that won last year. You want to talk about teams that made moves that were significant? Sure. The Jags, the Jets, teams, again, that got their franchise quarterback that they think they got and that they think they got their head coach. There's no thinking going on at the Advent Training Center. They know what they have. They returned the team that won last year, didn't lose any plays that won, that won last year. Because of that, that's why they had the best offseason. Again, you can pick and choose singular moves that teams made. Heck, you can talk, you can talk about Indianapolis getting Carson Wentz, showing up a, a, a position that, yeah, Philip Rivers was good, but he was on the back nine, it was, as we all know, and limitations to Phillips' game. You can, you can talk about the Rams upgrading their quarterback position and getting Jared Goff, or actually trading Jared Goff for uh, a one-time, by the way, Matthew Stafford, one-time Pro Bowl. He's got as many Pro Bowls as Tyrod Taylor, your boy. But <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Matthew Stafford is an upgrade for a Rams team that is going to battle, and you and I have talked about yep. that, that is going to battle – in my eyes, they're the number two team in the NFC. You can go ahead and pick all the other teams you want, Seattle or New Orleans, if they get the quarterback right. And, pick, uh, and if Green Bay ends up getting uh, – Farron makes love again with, with their front office and comes back to, to Green Bay, so be it. The second best team in the NFC is the Los Angeles Rams, and it's because they made one move. They certainly made other moves, but the biggest move they made was to get the quarterback that they wanted. And they were one win away from getting to the NFC Championship last year. With and the quarterbacks they didn't want. Two of them. Yep. Do you remember who started their first 
playoff game? No. It wasn't Jared Goff. I know it wasn't Goff, but I can't even remember who it was at this point. That's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, and they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And regardless of what you think about Matthew Stafford and how his career has gone in Detroit, I think that anybody who watches football every Sunday can tell you that Matthew Stafford is a pretty significant upgrade over Jared Goff so far at this stage in their career. So I really do like what the Rams did. I think that when you you mentioned talking about teams that, that made big moves, uh, you and I have debated back and forth. I like Tennessee's move and in, in adding Julio Jones. You mentioned the Colts and, and Carson Wentz. I do like that. You could even throw uh, the Carolina Panthers in there and getting Sam Darnold for the price that they got Sam Darnold for as well. So there are teams that made singular moves, but as a whole, as you mentioned, I, that's why I ranked the Bucks where they ranked them. I will ask you this, though. I mean, we're, we're doing this right now. If, say, before training camp, something unexpected happens and the Packers do decide that it is time to trade Aaron Rodgers and they make that trade. We talked about, you know, singular moves and winning an offseason and all that. And I think that the Bucs won the NFL offseason last year, the day that Tom Brady put pen to paper because you signed one of the best quarterbacks, not of one of the best, the best quarterback in the history of, of the NFL. If a team were able to get Aaron Rodgers, no disrespect to Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz, they aren't Aaron Rodgers. Does that team that trades for Aaron Rodgers leapfrog the Bucks as having the best offseason? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty vague because you don't know who that team is. If you, I, pick a, yeah. if you tell me if you give me a team, for instance, let's say, let's say, and, and I'm just throwing this out there, the Patriots, who ended up signing a lot of free agents in this offseason, right? Mm-hmm. They signed two tight ends. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They showed up their defensive line. They moved up to obviously drafted Mac Jones, but they also drafted another Crimson Tide player in Christian Barmore. So they changed their team a whole lot. But if you were to add Aaron Rodgers, to their offseason, yeah, I would say they they would leapfrog. But again, I don't think either of us would say. Pages. I don't think either of us would say Denver won the offseason if they're able to do it. But I'll throw Correct. one. But I'll throw one out there to you, which you mentioned during when this whole thing started as a possible destination for them that I kind of poo pooed. But through how the offseason is going, more and more people are jumping off a young quarterback's bandwagon. <laughs> what if the Miami Dolphins yeah. traded for Aaron Rodgers? Well, here's the thing, and we've talked about this. When we, when we talked about the Dolphins, for some reason we discussed them in regards to how teams played them last year. Teams didn't fear their passing game. And that's because whether it was because Tua didn't take chances – Right now, we find out, right, he openly admitted a couple of weeks ago about not being all in on the playbook, meaning he didn't know things about the playbook, and that kept him from taking those chances. Well, we watched it. We may have not known exactly how he was playing and what was going on in his head and and what we found out now as far as the playbook is concerned, but we knew the fact that there were teams defensively, again, none of those teams that they played the latter part of the season when tools started they didn't fear them 15 yards and back, 15 yards and deep. 
certainly because of the playmakers that they lack, but also because of the quarterback play. Well, you got Will Fuller now, you got Jalen Waddle now, and you add Aaron Rodgers to that offense. <laughs> I mean, you got two burners on the outside. You got Devontae Parker working the middle. You got Mike Kosecki, a tight end. I mean, you're talking about four weapons right there. And, and I'm not even mentioning, you know, guys that are inside that wide receiver room that, that, are, that are not the three top three guys that I mentioned. There are other guys still there too. So uh, I'd be hard pressed to say if Miami, Miami was able to trade for him that they didn't win the offseason. That's because they certainly would be, I'd probably make them favorites to win the AFC East if they were able to do that. Over Buffalo? That's even, that's even after Buffalo's done what they've done. Yeah. yeah. You're, at, you're adding the second best quarterback in the NFL. You can argue whatever. Well, I, I, no, let me backtrack. The third best quarterback in the NFL. And certainly the second best quarterback in the AFC behind Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he won the MVP, dude. You add the MVP to your team. Yeah, so, I just, so, I, 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 don't, I think I would, yeah, I would probably rank them MVP. as having the best offseason. I don't know if I, I really like Buffalo Trey, still. Trey, you're adding the MVP to a team that won 10 games with, mm. with average quarterback play? I mean, God bless Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he certainly had some games where he, where he pulled a rabbit out of his hat. That Vegas game was certainly one of them. By the way, throw right? Washington in there as having a good offseason. I like they had a good off season, quarterback. Uh, but they had a good offseason. But, uh, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't rank them in the top five. No, no, I, no. I, I, like I said, I mentioned, I, mentioned, I mentioned the Patriots. We talked about the Bucks, the Patriots, and, and the teams that needed to, to basically, you know, gut things out. And get things right. Your coach, whether it be the Jags or the Jets, your franchise quarterback, whether it be Zach Wilson or Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence. So you, you're on the right track, but you don't know what those guys are going to give you just yet, whether it be the coach or the franchise quarterback. The teams that were able to, I guess, replenish or retain when being as good as they were won the offseason. But as far as, again, you mentioned Rodgers to the Dolphins. You had an MVP to a team that won 10 games last year with average quarterback play. <laughs> that's why they, that's why they were, that's why my eyes, they'd be the favorite to win the AFC, the, the AFC East. You, you're adding, you're adding the MVP of the, the NFL to your football team that won 10 games. If that's you don't the, think he's worth, you don't think he's worth two wins? Three no, wins? no, 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 I do. I just think that, but I think Buffalo is still, is still that good. Because if that's the case, if you're ranking them as your favorite to win the AFC East, I think you pretty much have to rank them as your number two team in the entire AFC, unless you have would. a Cleveland or a Tennessee or something and like I that. And I would. Uh, yeah. And I would. Because here's the thing, though, too. Okay. We can talk. We, we can break down the Browns and Dolphins and the, and the Browns and, uh, and the Browns and the Dolphins or even the Bills and the Dolphins. But on Sunday, what matters most matters who's taking those snaps, right? So, I mean, at least that's what matters to me. And sure. granted, we, we watched the Super Bowl here, and we watched how the Bucks' defense was able to get to Patrick Mahomes. But don't make it sound like the other side of the, uh, of the field, there wasn't a Hall of Fame, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, 
on that side operating that offense. That's the thing. Okay, when you when you're talking about taking those guys who, who take the snaps on Sundays and saying, okay, you're gonna put Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. Okay, well, I mean, you can talk about Mahomes being in Brady being better than Brady now, but still, I mean, it's not like it's an overwhelming scale. And then you throw in the Bucks defense, dismantling the Chiefs offensive line. And then all of a sudden you're talking about that's why Patrick Mahomes' team lost to the Bucks. When it comes to the Browns and the Dolphins, you can break down the other things as far as the team's concerned, but you have one MVP on one side taking the snaps for the Dolphins, and then on the other side, you have a guy who certainly had a good year last year, but dang it, it wasn't too long ago where people were doubting whether or not Baker Mayfield was the quarterback for the Browns' future. But I mean, you can throw throw in Buffalo, and there's a guy there who arguably should have gotten more MVP, MVP votes than what he did. Granted, and and you can and you can and you can take my you can take my approach and say, okay, you got Rodgers on one side taking snaps for the Miami Dolphins, hypothetical, mm-hmm. and then you got Josh Allen taking snaps for the Buffalo Bills. No, and I still trust Rodgers more. I'll, I'll right. say that, yeah. But the Bills may may have better better they may have better assets than they may have they may have better. Uh, parts of the game better than the Miami Dolphins. I mean, because mm-hmm. if you watch the last game of the season, the Miami Dolphins went up to Buffalo. They went up to, to Rich Stadium, whatever they call it these days, and got their butts whipped. And you talk about the cold, talk about warm weather team going up to up north, whatever. Bogadash. When the playoffs are on the line, you need to play better than you exactly. did. Exactly. And they played a team that may have had something to play for, but certainly not as much as they did. And they got their butts whipped up there. Because there, there are parts of the Buffalo Bills team that is certainly better than the Miami Dolphins. But still, you're talking about the MVP. And the Bills certainly have their, they have their weaknesses too. Not a quarterback. Certainly not a quarterback. But that running game? That running game short, dude. That running, no, running game is short. Yeah, I mean, they, they had time, times where they were good, times where they, they weren't so good, times where Josh Allen was the number one option. At the, at the running game, obviously what they did last year and bringing in Stephon Diggs as far as a receiver goes improved that passing game uh, immensely. But I, I will give you that as far as as far as far their running game goes and they don't have a true number one option. And you could kind of say the same about Miami. Miami's running game isn't anything anything that's that, that is that great either. But when, when was it ever when uh, Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay? So I, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Dan. Because mm-hmm. I, Dolphins won 10 games last year. Mm-hmm. 10 games, <laughs> you might say, in spite of the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take that lead, in spite of the quarterback play. They won 10 games. If they add Aaron Rodgers, I think he's worth two wins, maybe even three. With that... They do have a harder schedule. They, I think they had ranked as the easiest schedule in all of the okay. NFL last year. Granted. Okay, that's fine. I still say, I still say they'll win 10, 12. And there's one more game this year too, so. Okay, yeah, there you go. So, okay, so fine. 12 wins, 13 wins, whatever it is. How many games do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to win? Oh, I think Buffalo. I think Buffalo's. St- it's it's so weird to talk about it with the extra game. I think Buffalo's still a 12, 13 one football team. Well, then then yeah. then me saying that Miami, you know, would be the AFC East leaders, or, or or would be the team that I think would win the AFC East in twenty twenty one. 
It's not that far-fetched. If both teams are going to win 12, 13 games and, and, you know, they play each other twice. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about th- throughout so far here on this, on this podcast, once again, Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation, who had the best offseason. Let's flip it. Who comes to mind when you talk about having a not so great or even a bad offseason? And I think we have to talk about the Packers. I mean, the Packers, two back-to-back NFC championship games where you come this close to making a Super Bowl and you don't get there. And now it seems like things have completely deteriorated with your all-world quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I think especially if he does their offseason grade is almost a to be continued because if this does get worked out with Rodgers and he plays, then fine. I don't worry about any of this that's happened, any of this drama that's happened because you weren't going to upgrade on that position. So fine. You want to look at teams that, I mean, maybe, maybe the lions, I don't necessarily, they didn't have the best head coaching hire of this off season. They, you trade away Matthew Stafford, that's one that come that comes to mind there, and they're they're both in the in the same division. Uh, those are the two that I guess come to mind from from the start. I think the the Eagles they got something for Carson Wentz, but I don't know how much they improved the football team. Those are just a couple that that come to mind. I'll I'll bring it to not Tampa Bay, but certainly in their own division. Yeah, yeah. The two teams in the division that got better this offseason, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. And when I say better for the Bucs, I mean, you look at the team that won the Super Bowl, bringing those guys back, not having any glaring needs, and adding the players that they added in the draft. And also, as you mentioned earlier, signing Gio Bernard. And then you look at the Carolina Panthers, who have created that foundation Matt Rule's doing what he's doing there. He's, he's, got, he's got his program the way he wants to run it. Now he's got his quarterback. And he's got his returning all-world, do-everything running back coming back in Christian McCaffrey. Let's not yep. forget, McCaffrey had a banged-up season last year. For all the 100 catches and for the 12 and 1,300 yards that he'll, he'll bring, he didn't have that in 2020. So the Panthers are going to factors alone in 2021. Well, you think about the teams that also in the NFC South, I mean, the perennial winner of the division was who? Saints. Saints. And they lose their all, you know, they lose their all-time franchise leader quarterback, Drew Brees. And now they have to figure out which one of these two guys that are left over in Jameis Winston and uh, Taysom Hill, who's going to be the quarterback. I mean, I don't know. Do you know? I mean, granted, it's only June, but time's going to stop flying, and, we, and we're going to know pretty soon who that quarterback's going to be. We can talk about, you know, Miami's issues with, with Tour and the, the bad minicamp that he supposedly had or a bad practice that he had, supposedly. But Miami's still trying to create, again, a winning, winning foundation and they got a coach in Brian Flores. That's what? That's going through his fourth season there, third season there. Well, Sean Payton, you know, he's talking about, you know, leaving it sometime soon. Yeah. You know, they was talking about, they was talking about when Drew left that he would leave. 
Now he doesn't have a quarterback, or at least doesn't have doesn't have his his franchise quarterback, and he's got to figure out which one of these two guys that I mentioned earlier is going to be the quarterback moving forward. So, I mean, I don't know that they could have had a a good offseason, but when you lose the guy who's been taking the snaps for the last 15 years, dude, I mean, it ain't good. And they don't, (laughs) you know, because there is supposed to be a process as far as, you know, handing the baton over as far as the quarterback's concerned, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers can get mad all he wants, but he was past the baton. <laughs> Maybe it was thrown at him by Brett Favre, yep. but he, he took the baton from Brett Favre. That's how it's supposed to go. And the Packers were trying to do the same thing with Jordan Love, gracefully taking the baton. Who's taking the baton in New Orleans? Because I don't know. And they certainly didn't handle the process the right way, at least in my eyes. No, that you don't know who's who's going to be the quarterback there just yet. I mean, we've gone back and forth about that quarterback situation and who you think is going to eventually be the starter and who I think is going to be the starter. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of practice from them. We've seen videos of Jameis Winston blindfolded throwing uh, throwing footballs into basketball hoops. Uh, that's 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 about the the extent of that quarterback battle that we've seen oh, I this offseason. Man, I got a I got a bad joke. Uh, some say he was told, told blindfolded to begin with. <laughs> I guess we'll, I, I mean, I guess if if he does play, I mean, we'll see how much of a factor that I, really did way, have because we haven't seen him that much since he got that LASIK surgery. So I wasn't one of those guys. Who, I wasn't one of those guys that that would would claim that James is throwing the football here blindfolded. You'd be more the guy that, that, that would say that than I would, but I did say the joke. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he would he was. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you get contacts if your vision is that bad? But that's that's another that's another discussion for for another day. I'm with you, and then you can throw. I do like Atlanta's hire at head coach as far as Arthur Smith goes. Uh, the Julio move, they were kind of handcuffed because of their cap issues. I like what they did in the draft in, in getting Kyle Pitts. I just don't know how much of an improved football team they are going to be this year, which, I mean, last year, when, once they finally did make the move and let Dan Quinn go, they performed better under Raheem Morris. But that is a team since they got to the Super Bowl and should have beaten the Patriots in that 28 to three Super Bowl that everybody remembers has perennially perennially underachieved. So that it's it's hard to say that you have a great offseason when when you're Atlanta unless you think that Arthur Smith is leaps and bounds the the right guy and is going to come in there and, and do great things for them. Uh, I mean, even even Pittsburgh, I don't think they did much to improve. And I think that that might be a team that's that's kind of on kind of on the downswing there. So those are those are teams that I'd throw in there that didn't have didn't have the best the best offseason this year. Well, I, I would tell you the drafting of, of Najee Harris is something that's a that's certainly a, a huge plus to a to a running game that's been suffering the last couple of years. But when it comes to a team like Pittsburgh, I don't know so much the offseason is is really the telltale of what their 2021 season is going to be like. It's more about what the other teams in the division are getting. And the other teams in the division 
are getting better while you're either being stagnant or staying the same. Because, you know, the Browns made moves. Time clowny. No, they did. They, Baltimore's – the Browns definitely made moves, and they feel like a team that's on the upswing. Baltimore's a weird one to me. I like what they did in the draft and getting Rashad Bateman and improving that receiving core. But trading away your starting left tackle to one of your biggest competitors in your division is a little weird to me, especially when your offensive Conference. line has been one of the strengths of this football team over the past couple of years. Uh, that moves I, – I want to see how that plays out. But I do like what they did at the wide receiver position. It just always worries me, especially when – I've always been high on Lamar Jackson, but that is a guy that you don't want to take – you don't want to have take a ton of hits. And when you trade away his blindside protector – that always worries me. Okay, but as, as as easy as you said that, then there is something more than just on the field. We got a we we got a guy left tackle. We want to keep this guy cornerstone. There's more to it than just that. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than Orlando Brown being the cornerstone left tackle, protecting blindside of Lamar Jackson. There's more to it than that. The, the Ravens didn't want to trade Orlando Brown. They had to trade Orlando Brown. Granted, they traded him to the Chiefs, as you mentioned, to uh, a definitely a rival in the conference. But you take the best deal you can get it sometimes when you're handcuffed the way they may have been in trading Orlando Brown. Was it the best move? No. <laughs> but was it a move they had to make? Yeah, they had to do it because if they were going to lose it for nothing. And that's what happens. So now we'll get into some uh, some quick news items before we close out the podcast for this week. The Buccaneers announced this afternoon that all season tickets for this coming season are all sold out. And that's something that would be expected for defending Super Bowl champions and for a fan base who a lot of fans did not get to go to games last season with everything going on in the world. They have announced that it is going to be full capacity for Raymond James Stadium this offseason. I remember back in the day growing up that there was a very, very, very long waiting list to be a season ticket holder for this football team before they even won their Super Bowl. And to get single game tickets, you had to be on the phone or on Ticketmaster like the minute games went on sale or you weren't going to go to a game that year unless you uh, paid an exorbitant amount uh, in the, the secondary market. And then the other, the other news item is that Tom Brady is back on the cover of Madden football along with Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback that he played this year in the Super Bowl. Uh, I know Bucks fans are going to be worried about a Madden curse or anything like that, but Brady's been on the cover of Madden before and, uh, and done well with the Patriots. The last Madden that I bought was uh, Madden 18. Even I used to be a Madden buyer every single year, and then the game started to be exactly the same. They didn't make any improvements to franchise mode like I wanted, but uh, <clears throat> this year the game the game looks awesome from the trailer that I've seen so far. I wouldn't be worried if you're a Bucks fan and you're uh, and you're worried about the Madden curse because uh, Brady has gotten through that through that before uh any worries about the the madden curse on the uh martez side no and it shouldn't be a question hey it was it, it was a consistent thing there going for like two no years. i get it i understand i understand why but no yeah no it's no. i mean some people some I mean, people 
I, I'd be more fearful of me putting the kiss of death on, on, on Brady or if, if you were a Chiefs fan or on Mahomes. I'd be more worried about me than the Madden curse or the Madden jinx. Um, no, shouldn't be, shouldn't be a, concern, a concern. I mean, yeah, you can talk about the, you know, the curse in regards to you know, two franchises instead of one this year are going to be you know, sitting on their hands and knees and wondering if their quarterback's going to get hurt this Sunday or this Monday. No. And if, we, if one of those two guys get, gets hurt, it is not because of the Madden cover. Or even, or even just ha- just having a bad season. Last year, the Madden curse didn't happen. Lamar Jackson was on the cover. Uh, it wasn't an MVP-type season, but they finally won a playoff game. So uh, that's, a, that's a situation that turned out pretty well for Baltimore. So now you're going to have people thinking the curse skips years. It'll be this. It hasn't happened in a while. Let, 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 there you go. Let's look up the. You, I want to look up just, this Madden curse. Just, to, just clarify, you know. Yeah, no, 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 I know. Not, not every, not every, not every cover has been snake bitten. Has been no, especially, has been especially curse. in recent years, it has definitely, uh, it has definitely the, gone away. The most famous one I remember, and I actually watched this guy play live that the year that happened was the Michael Vick cover. Back in, I oh, think it was 2004. 04, yeah. yeah, Madden 04. Uh, yeah. And then Mahomes was on the cover of Madden 20, and they won the they won the Super Bowl. Madden 19, Antonio Brown. Uh, so that one, I guess, might have been the. <laughs> I mean, from a statistical standpoint, it didn't happen. He had uh, like 1,300 yards that year and over 100 and over 100 catches. Tom Brady, as I said, was on the cover in uh in 2018 and brady was brady was phenomenal that year and won and won the mvp so they lost to i guess unless you want to uh you want to consider them losing to to the eagles as uh in the super bowl as as the i mean granted some folks might say if you don't win the super bowl it's a it's a it's a losing season no no, they made it to the Super Bowl. So when it comes to the curse, um, that didn't have that didn't have an effect on his season. I think it's about time. You know what? Here's a declaration. I think it's about time we stopped talking about the Madden curse and the jinx. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because if you're, looking, if you're looking at the covers now, you're telling me that nothing really jumps out at you in regards to a guy that was on a cover who followed that with getting hurt or having a, a an atrocious season, then let's do away with it. The only the only one recently was uh I was Rob Gronkowski when he was on the cover uh of Madden 17. The team still did well that year, but that was one of Gronk's really couldn't finish the uh, season injury. Yeah, he that's when yeah. he didn't play in the Super Bowl. So that yeah. was that was one of the biggest one in, in recent memory. I mean, you can say what, what you want about Peyton Hillis being, being on the cover back in the day because of the fan vote probably did. I mean, are you even going to really consider that a, a Madden curse? Cause no. fans no. kind of ironically voted, voted him onto, onto the cover. And oh, that was a fan. That was a fantasy. Oh, that was a fantasy football thing. Yeah, for sure. So that, that I, was, I, I agree. I was all, I was all about folks. Is, that was all about folks who were drafting running backs, and 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 there was a time, there was probably about two or three years stretch that Peyton Hillis was the top three or four running back in, in fantasy. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And then teams, and then uh, people who were voting, that was really when social media really started to take off and like your 2011, 2012, that time. And people wanted to be funny and say, oh, they're going to put Peyton Hillis in this bracket to be on the cover of Madden. We're going to make sure that he's on, he's on the cover of Madden. That's what you get for putting him even in the bracket so as i said this is a little bit of a dead period in the off season but there's still going to be plenty of stuff to get to as we move forward uh bucks fans are already complaining about a former buccaneers quarterback and where he ranked tom brady in his quarterback list next week len and i will talk about that list in full because the list in full will be out next week yes chris sims top 40 quarterbacks where tom brady was ranked number 10 Bored. He was bored again. Just like he was, he was bored, bored. Just like the Justin the Fields thing. Just like he was bored before the draft. He's bored again. Speaking of quarterbacks, John Wolford. You know yes. that name? I the name. Know? That's who started. That's who started for the Rams. <laughs> that's who played. Yeah. So so for weren't they going know, back and forth between like two guys too? They it was it was McVeigh who had who had lost confidence in Jared Golf. Yeah. So they started Wolford and and then actually Golf ended up coming in the game because Wolford yeah. got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Beat, beat Seattle. They did. Crazy. Huh. Yeah. We'll see what happens this year. I don't think McVeigh is going to lose any uh, confidence in talking about Matthew Stafford anytime soon. So we'll talk about that quarterback list next week and i'm sure more news and notes will come down in terms of the tampa bay buccaneers until then he has been lynn martez follow him on twitter at lmart 810 i have been trey downey follow me on twitter at td experience and follow bucks nation on twitter at bucks underscore nation and always check out BucksNation.com. this has been downey and martez a bucks nation podcast